everybody welcome back to play at a player the weekly talk show here at nerdy northerners where we discuss the gaming news i have my two co-hosts with me first i've got danny how's it going danny hey how's it going guys i'm doing very good how about you and i've also got wes in the house uh, how's it going how's it going i was ready for you to ask me how how i'm doing and then when you didn't it threw me off <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know how to speak anymore right we, we, we were just talking about tea coming into this and I said, you know what? Let's let's take a moment because I really I really do it. I I used to be a big coffee drinker, and I'm not sure if you guys can hear right now. I've got my my kettle going in the background before we jump into things here. But I used to be a really big coffee drinker, and I've since gone over to this Bengal spice. It's like a cinnamon tea. It's like those cinnamon hearts. I'm not sure if any of you have ever had that. Like the the things on a, at Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's like a tea that tastes like that. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That sounds awful. <laughs> I like it. You know what? It's slightly low on Wesley. Let me raise that up. All right. Not sure if Wesley, you can crank it up in your end a little bit there. Enjoy saying a little bit quiet, but yeah, I can if uh, if I need to. My mic was a little further away from my mouth than it probably should be. <laughs> there you go. But but yeah, let me let me know if I need to raise myself up there, Jovi. Yeah. So a Bengal spice tea though. I found uh, myself navigating towards that if I ever run out of coffee. Thankfully, I've got coffee, so I'm back on that now. Uh, but it was interesting, Wes. Yeah, you, you mentioned you don't you don't drink coffee. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, I so I so I I have my my story with coffee is that I I don't like it. Um, but when I when I hit fourth year university, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna probably gonna have a lot of late nights as I'm getting projects done and that sort of thing. Um. So I should probably, probably drink some coffee and have that to to keep me awake instead of constantly drinking like Coke or something like that. Yeah. Um. So uh, you know, I was like, well, I'm gonna acquire the taste. I'm gonna go out of my way to acquire the taste for coffee. So I started buying, uh, from I started buying Tim Hortons coffee. Um. I had no idea what I wanted, so I was like, well, okay, give me a double double because that seems to be what most people drink. It seemed like the safe start. Uh, and then I, I was, I was just throwing coffees away because I wasn't drinking them. They just, they tasted too gross. So I was like, well, okay, go, let's go triple, triple more sugar, more milk. I don't want to taste the coffee anymore. <laughs> Burn it and, and I still, I still couldn't handle it. I just, I, all I, all I could taste was coffee. So I, after a while I was like, you know what? I'm just wasting money on these things now and I'm not even drinking them. So that was it. I just, I stopped and I've never gone back. So was there a long period that you found yourself drinking coffee, or was it just for a couple months? A few, not even a few months, like okay. a few weeks, like, okay. and that was about it. Uh, even now, like, if uh, my wife and I go to, to Starbucks, I'll get one of those, um, I'm not even sure what it's called. It's like chocolate chip, like slushy, like ice, chopped ice kind of thing. Um, and uh, I've had a couple where... Like they must have accidentally put some coffee inside of it or something like that because mm-hmm. I I took one sip and I'm like oh my god all I can taste is coffee, and my wife would take a sip she's like you can barely taste anything here it's 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 mostly just sugar and chocolate, nope I can't drink this I'm out. <laughs> no oh and that's 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 interesting because I I love coffee crisp I love anything coffee. <laughs> I just can't do it I just can't it's I I don't know how like my wife drinks a lot of coffee she loves coffee. It sounds, it. it sounds like Jen and I would uh, be really good friends and, and have mm-hmm. a, some really good times drinking coffee because uh, I, I drink about four to six cups a day, depending, I, I would say. Wow. And, uh, seems like a lot. <laughs> See, this seems like a lot. But it's going down good, buddy. Oh, it goes down, down good. good. I guess. I guess. <laughs> it's uh, fuel in the engine, but that's what we need for. Uh, we need the fuel in the engine to do what we do, and that's what we're going to get to now. Is the gaming discussion? We're going to talk about the news that happened last week. There were some pretty big announcements, some major news. So we're going to get started with that. You guys ready? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we've got first up, Dying Light Two development has been hindered by a Legend Studio turbulence. Now, uh, at first glance. Uh, it, it looks like there's some uh, sexual allegations going on at the studio. Uh, the report was first published by the gamer, and there are a number of testimonies from obviously anonymous sources. People don't want to have themselves outed or, again, even 
even their name kind of attached to it. But uh, these are from people who have either been employed or are still currently employed over at Techland. And their allegations are that uh, there's a negative morale and uh, uh, workflow on the employees and thus in turn complicating and slowing development. Um, uh, you know what? <clears throat> I'll, I'll take that back on the on, on social thing. I, I thought that I said that's another one. Sorry, but um, it, it's it's appearing that there's pretty much just a, a huge huge down moral uh, on everybody there, and that is causing the entire team to have difficulty with the project moving forward, as well as just continuing to work on it. Now, I've never been inside of a, a development studio, so I'm not really sure how that kind of what, what that can do. So Wes, I'm gonna hand it to you first. What what results in a hostile studio culture? So so, so I read this story, mm-hmm. um, the, the story that was posted on, the, it was the gamer you said? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I read that story and yeah, it was a, an interesting read from the standpoint of a, like basically that the CEO um, is maybe a little too hands-on with everything. Yeah. Uh, and so he'll bring on experts, he'll bring in people who are, you know, tops of their field for, for whatever discipline with the idea of they're going to write the ship, they're going to get this thing back on track because, I mean, this game was announced years ago mm-hmm. and, you know, has gone through a lot of changes, apparently. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, so it like, basically, if, if you don't line up with his vision of the game, he, you know, he's... Or, or or his his current day's vision of the game, then you know you're either out. He's no longer listening to you, or you know like you, you basically have to scrap everything you've been working on because you know he played a new game last night and his whole idea for the game is now different. Hmm. Um, and really, I mean, how how you overcome that sort of thing? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Like this, this is a really kind of touchy subject you know you they've got a lot of high turnover right now um this game is 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 definitely in trouble um so it'll be interesting to see what it actually comes out like um Mm -hmm. but yeah you know my my understanding is he he basically goes to looks at artist's work and says no that looks uh well he starts to use various slurs that i won't repeat here um but yeah you know not really giving feedback just saying it looks like crap and you're kind of having to work with what you think it it should be based on what his head what it looks like in his head, which is not an easy way to work. Um, the only discipline that seems to be free from this sort of thing is programming, because if they if he does come to them, they've basically taken on the the idea of well, we'll what we'll do is we'll show him a line of code and say, well, how would you fix this? And since he doesn't know programming, he doesn't know how to fix it. Yeah. Um, whereas you know artists like visual stuff the aesthetic stuff the sound stuff the design stuff he starts getting his fingers in there and and it just mucks it up for everybody else involved um sounds it basically sounds like he can't trust the people he that he has hired to do the job especially sounds on the narrative team and i i'm going to recant because i was right on the uh the sexual harassment it was just later on in, in the report uh yeah, there's a couple chris avalone here and there yes yeah, chris avalone who had split uh from the company over over the allegations of that as opposed to issues with the studio itself uh it's you know being described as a frankenstein's monster where there's just every team's having different issues and and seemingly you know obviously some aren't like the programmers but it's it, it's not good it's it's not good i mean any treatment like this is bound to get people uh well, obviously, like they're doing, leaving the company, and that leaves the future of Dying Light 2 hugely questionable. We don't know what's going to be happening with it. Danny, obviously, you know, that kind of a work environment, I imagine you wouldn't want to find yourself working in that. Okay, because I already do find myself working in that. I'm not a programmer. I don't make games, but my my uh, workplace is pretty much the same shithole as that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure coding anymore. <laughs> But yeah, this, you know, we're starting to see a lot of this, though. This ain't the first uh, gaming studio that has come out with allegations of uh, not only sexual harassment, but, you know, having a tough time with the, uh, with creating the game, getting out their vision of the game. Uh, and you, you said it right away, is the person in charge is a little too 
aggressive. You know, he's trying to create this vision that he has in his head. And like Wes was saying, you know, he changes it up constantly. Uh, and, uh, you know, after playing a different game, sure, you, you get ideas. So I can see that. But you can't drastically change your game every, every you know, night you go home and pop in freaking, I don't know, eh, the newest game that just came out this week. It's it's one of those things where you have to trust your team. You have to be um, more supportive and less aggressive. And that's what these big-time companies don't... They're not grasping that that knowledge of it, right? It's just make money, get this game out as fast as possible. Uh, who cares about uh, about my workers kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that, you know, this will, you know, get resolved. Things can go back to normal. And, you know, with, with the pandemic stuff too, it's, everything's increased, right? The, the workplace, every workplace now is, is like living in hell. So it I can see, I can see that. It really is. And, I don't know for a lot of things to change. Dying Light was a really fun game the first time around. I was looking forward to Dying Light 2, but with all the delays, I'm just not sure what's going to be happening with that. Moving on, though, we're going to go to a title that has been a big fan favorite. It is rocking the charts over on Steam. And the latest update, we believe we talked about this a week ago. So it was last Monday, I think we talked about this being at 2 million. Now Valheim is at 4 million copies sold over on Steam, and it is still in early access. What does early access mean, and, and what is the difference? Well, early access, obviously the game is not fully complete. You can look at games like Baldur's Gate 3 over on Steam as well. That is an early access title. It is not complete. It is still a work in progress. Is it mostly done? Yes. Is there still things to be fixed? Absolutely. One of the things in Valheim that still needs to be fixed is the performance issues. And again, I'm, I'm sure, Wes, you can kind of elaborate on that and and uh, a little further. But, Dan, I'm going to go to you first because I already know me and Wes have uh, sunk our a lot of time into Valheim. And But is this some, have you seen a lot of Valheim? With the success that it is having, 4 million copies sold, do you find yourself compelled more drawn in towards that game? Well, I've seen you guys play it. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally uh, absent on you guys' streams. And of stuff. course. So I've, I've seen you guys have been playing it. It does look interesting. Maybe not my type of game. Like, I know that everyone has their genres that they prefer, of mm -hmm. course. Uh, that one is a little, is not that it's a tough one to, for me to get into. It's just a game that is not really my cup of tea. I'm a coffee guy, so I'm not, you know. I didn't put that joke, but uh, definitely you had me until you said you're like I'm a coffee guy. I'm like ah, <laughs> I, had to, I had to put that in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of those games where it, it's great to see. See, I I didn't even know if that was an early access game. I thought that was a complete game that you guys were playing. Um, but it looks it looks pretty good for from like from a game that's not 100 percent finished. That it, it's pretty polished for what it looks like. I sure as hell, I really thought it was uh, a finished game, so. Katie's gym class in the chat. Woot, Valheim. That is absolutely right with that. It is a phenomenal game. And so, Wes, on to you, obviously, uh, highlight a little bit more on the um, early access. But 4 million copies, it, it's phenomenal how many they've sold. Something that's been it's amazing. A, a little bit debated is, you know, whether or not they had the roadmap laid out before or after the success happened. I think it was before. They were planning on already uh, launching more bosses, and it just wasn't detailed, unless I'm mistaken. But um, Yeah, there, there, was, um, there was a roadmap fairly soon after launch, or, mm -hmm. or right around launch anyway, um, outlining kind of what their updates were going to be. Um, and they've said up front, you know, there, there's going to be nine bosses. There's currently, what, five in the game. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be... They, they've already got uh additional an additional biome in there mm -hmm. um that's not being used the mistlands is the next biome that they're going to release but it's if you fire up the game now it, it will exist in your world in yep. in some way um so yeah i mean they, they've, they've kind of got the hooks in there for for future development uh and it sounds like their first one is uh, that is the 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 hearth and home one, so it's going to be focused on the 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 building, the base building, and that kind of thing, which seems like a good place to start to to kind of get your update pipeline sort of in place and and make sure that you know you can get things out the door, um, and and kind of not break everybody's game. Getting your you know, roots established, that, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, start start with something you know a little a little easier to handle um, rather than you know kind of go big um, right off the right off the start there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the 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 four million in what like four weeks? The game's yeah. been out like like less than twenty eight days. Yeah, uh, is is just it's unbelievable. Like that, and for a five a five person team, like just unbe- unbelievable. And when you go and look at what they decided to base the game off of, one of the very first things I immediately commented on was, "Wow, that's Legend of Zelda." When the creatures died and that that pop up of the items, I was like, "That's mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda." And then it's found out that that alongside Skyrim, not survival games, so they actually didn't even use survival games as their model. They went after Skyrim and Legend of Zelda. And so I found that a, a very interesting thing that such a game, a studio, a studio of five people, and it being out for so little, but it's it's just the right mixture of everything. Cooperative play, solo play, adventure, survival. Um, it's just... Yeah, the, the way I kind of described it for, for some people was, like, mm. when I first looked at the game, I thought it looked like crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was very unimpressed with it. Um, Absolutely. And it, and and that came down to, like, the the very pixelated look of all the textures, um, the, the the very kind of low-poly look of some of some of the, the, the models. Mm-hmm. Um, but that combined with, like, the more modern lighting techniques really kind of like the the water looks great the 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 lighting and and like sunsets and sunrises look great weather effects look fantastic fog and rain and and that and like when those combine with those you know less advanced texture and modeling work mm-hmm. it somehow creates this this whole thing that is 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 greater than the sum of its parts and it just ends up looking absolutely beautiful and and in these moments where you you know, you just kind of turn the camera the right way, and it's like, holy crap, that looks amazing. It's really not even the blocky textures that are doing it. A lot it, a lot really has to do with that lighting, and that's what I really feel that this game does a bloody phenomenal job on, is the lighting, the coloration of the like the grasses, the trees, the water. You can see as you're sailing at Katie's gym class, the aesthetics of the sailing, wow. Exactly. When you're sailing, you're going over a big wave. You can see the top of that wave changing color, at, you know, into a much lighter green. It's it's just incredible. The, but it, it reminds me a lot of, too of Minecraft in that sense, where it's it has that blocky textures. It's 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 a gathering that building resource game, and it was another game where I I looked at both of them, and I was like I I can't do this. Like, no, sorry, like. I struggle going back to retro games as it is, and I'll say that, and I'll be straightforward and honest. I struggle going back to retro games because of the graphics. I just, I'm like, well, I can see like this 3D beautiful tree. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I can but, get behind you in terms of like first gen 3D stuff is is yeah a little harder to go back to now. Yeah, and uh, but in Valheim, I saw the trailer. And the trailer didn't even even appease me because to me the trailer didn't even hint at the fact that it was survival. It, it to me it was just like you know, I almost had this like action idea of it. You're you're running, you're dying, you're running, you're dying. I'm like I don't want another like Dark Souls. You know I'm just gonna die all the time kind of game. And you know, it wasn't that appeasing. But like once you actually got into it, and you actually got the play. It's like whoa, whoa, well that's pretty. Ooh wow, the sound, everything coming together. But just. Crazy what that game has been able to do in such a little time. Four million copies sold of Valheim. If you don't already have it out there, folks, you should you should go pick it up because it's it's a good game. Even if you don't have anyone to uh, get around the playing with, uh, it's a good game just, to... Yeah, just playing solo is yeah. is fantastic. It's it's an adventure. You can set out and it's it's just... Just wow. That's all I can say for right now. <laughs> we'll move on, though. Uh, I got some t- uh, TV series coming up. Uh, uh, some gaming movies and TV series talk coming up in just a few minutes here. But before we get there, there was one major announcement last week that we really want to get to. And that was Anthem the Development Ceases. As Bioware is now shifting all of their attention to Dragon Age and Mass Effect. I think for all of us out there, I don't think this was much of a surprise. I think we saw this coming. 
the signs were there when the team started to get smaller, when people that were very important to Anthem's progression that they had announced earlier in 2020 had left that team. And I was like, well, you're no longer a part of what you said months ago. Does that mean that what you said months ago was no longer happening? And that is exactly the case. They're moving on. Uh, they're shifting their focus to Bioware Mass Effect. They say that Anthem was a great test. It, uh, it proved a lot of things in them. They, they tried out a lot of things. But at the end of the day, it just, uh, it wasn't enough. Um, Christian Daly came out and said, 2020 was a year unlike any other, however, and while we continue to make progress against all other game projects at BioWare, working from home during the pandemic has had an impact on our productivity and not everything we had planned as a studio before COVID-19 can be accomplished without putting undue stress on our team. So they're blaming it on COVID-19, but... I think the writing was on the wall when Anthem went down to 1999, just like Mass Effect Andromeda, within a few months of it being out. Wes, what are your thoughts on Anthem and what has happened? I mean, like you said, it, it, it's not surprising. Um, everything through the development of that, you know, the, there was some great reporting done on kind of some behind the scenes stuff of, of the lead up to the launch of that game, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, of, of it. The, this belief is in the upper management of Bioware is that like, hey, like the Bioware magic will kick in and it'll be okay, don't worry. And like that, it's not a thing. Like, you know, you get there through hard work, good planning, you know, and 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 like the the entire team kind of pulling forward uh, in like a unified vision, like that. That's what gets you there. Um, you know, I I had my doubts about that game mm -hmm. leading up to the launch. And then when they did their launch of, hey, if you pre-ordered it, you get it like a, a week or two early or something like that. And if you pre-ordered this version, you get it like a week early. And then those versions went out, those pre-orders went out to people. And there was complaints saying like, hey, the, you know, the performance is bad or this is bad or what have you. And the response from EA was like, oh, well, the game's not out yet. So that don't, you know these aren't valid criticisms because the game's not out and, and i was like no you you sold people this game they have mm -hmm. it it's like, in their hand like, well the day one patch isn't out yet like okay the day one patch is coming out two weeks after the game launched mm -hmm. you don't tell me the game is launching only when you can buy it and go into a store without a pre-order and buy it like no that your game's out you it know and it sounds like it's broken if it's available for sale, it's available for sale. Yeah, That's it doesn't just... matter if I pre-ordered it or I can walk into a store. Like, if I have it in my house, it's out. Yep. You know. Um, and... and yeah, like that that launch just kind of fizzled. You know, like it seemed like there was just no hype after that. It looks so good too. Like it, it felt like it had so much potential. It was really cool. The aspect of flying in the suits and changing the suits and, but. That's, that's where we're finding ourselves. They're moving on to Dragon Age and Mass Effect. I honestly can't complain about that myself. Dragon Age being one of my favorite series and Mass Effect also being one of my favorite series. Both of which, I can't wait for the next one. Mass Effect, I'm very butthurt on the last one. Dragon Age Inquisition, I really enjoyed. I haven't really... why. Right? Oh, man. I, I still have not beat Andromeda. I, 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 I can't. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make it a reality. Make, yeah, this is some like fan project that I just kind of dabbled across. You know, it's not that great, but <laughs> but Danny, what do you, what do you think about Anthem and the failure that it had? Let's just say I, I had a feeling, especially since there was no real um, build up even before the game came out. I, I didn't know anybody who wanted it, um, but. After the game launched and all the stuff had happened, people had bought it, the the rumors came out and how bad it was. Uh, it it's it's hard when you when you're interested in a game, like say you know people who are actually out there, they bought it, they were really excited for that game. Uh, it, it does hurt when you find out that the game is broken, like Wes was saying, uh, and you know it. It went in the bargain bin, and it was less than months. I believe it was like two or three weeks after the game released. It was down on sale because nobody wanted it. Uh, and, you know, you had all these patches and stuff that uh, the company was saying, oh, it's going to be fixed up. 
and this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. That's all pipe dreams. Basically, if the game is not ready to go right when it comes out, there is there is that guarantee that you might not get a fix. The company just wants you to believe that so that you'll continue to play the game or continue to get people to buy their game. Um, it's very rare that companies actually go in and fix what they need to fix. Yeah, they, they, they do not. Speaking of things that need to be fixed, the Halo TV series has been in development for a very, very long time. And as a Halo fan, I've sorely been missing out on this. They had all those great live action shots, the mini trailer, the Nightfall that came out. Those are all really cool. But we never got the TV series that we've been promised. Uh, Shakespeare, not Shakespeare, Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare Man, was supposed to come. Been working on that for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. Holy shit. <laughs> He's back from the dead, boys and girls. Oh, uh, Shakespeare is back. Shakespeare is back. But for zombie Shakespeare. <laughs> it's going to be a great one. It's going to be an ama- amazing piece. It's going to it's going to put uh Macbeth to shame. But that's pretty good. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so Spielberg Spielberg was supposed to do a series and and uh uh that wasn't going. So, it has now been moved over to um Paramount Plus. So it was announced at the Viacom CBS streaming event. It is going to be a uh, it's going to be exclusive to the Paramount Plus streaming service. There are so many streaming services out there. I'm honestly not surprised, but for the Taylor TV series, the current stars are Pablo uh, Schreiber as Master Chief, Danny Sapani and Olive Grace as Jacob and Miranda Keys, Joaquin Woodbean as Soren 066, Shabana Azmi as Admiral Margaret Paragoski. And Bentley, Kalu, Natasha, Kolzak, and Kate Kennedy as three new Spartan characters. So there are a ton of people already lined up. I, actually, I really can't say I recognize any of the names, but I'm obviously hoping that with this move from Showtime, who I find that Showtime is a little bit of a smaller studio, I would honestly, honestly was genuinely, genuinely concerned with the fact that the Halo TV series was going over there. So I'm glad that it's now on Paramount, which is just, it's a little bit bigger. I feel that like Paramount's going to be a little bit more... Uh, serious within and almost demand them to make it better what do you think about this danny i agree 100 percent um yeah it was kind of a shock i didn't expect paramount to, uh, to come out and say that they're uh starting their own tv series and they've they've announced some pretty big things which i'm very excited for uh and uh if they can use their money like they like they've had in the past and make a really good halo tv series uh, that might lead us to getting some, you know, Halo movies uh, and and so much. We're we're starting to see um, better video game movies coming out now. Uh, it kind of started with Detective Pikachu, uh, and the last one was uh, was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and of course, uh, next month we got Mortal Kombat, which I'm absolutely dying to see. Um, but uh, hopefully, this news will continue. We'll start seeing more. Uh, amazing video game movies because I, I watched one that was really horrible last night from Yule Bowl. Uh, it's the uh, Dungeon Siege uh, Tale movie, which is absolute garbage. Uh, but you know, hopefully, like I said, Paramount has lots of money. Uh, and I, I want to see some. I want to see them do something good with a video game franchise. So hopefully, it will look good and be good. I'm hoping so as well. I got an interesting question for you here, Wes. When it comes to these upcoming video game movies and we talked about this on one of our first episodes of the player to player podcast was just video game movies in general and i think we touched on it briefly then about tv series and movies but i want to i want to hit hammer on that again the halo tv series is being developed in a obviously tv series format and, and danny mentioned a few movies there do you prefer that the new rise in the video game content coming over and being made into films and film adaptations, do you want that to be in the form of movies or do you want it to be in the form of TV series? Do you think that the story is going to be told better in one way or the other? I think it depends on the IP. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, like, there are certain ones that I feel lend themselves more to you know, telling stories within the universe. Uh, like The Witcher, I, I think, is one that, that works well as a, as a TV series because you can, you know, the, the games kind of have that, uh, you know, those stories as, as 
Geralt is is getting his memory back of him running into people and them saying, "Oh, you know, thank you so much," and he's like, "I don't remember you." And then they tell them the, tell him the story of what he did. Mm -hmm. So you you kind of get a lot of that that stuff sort of built in just to the games. So I feel that translates well to 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 a movie. Whereas something like uh, like Mortal Kombat, I don't feel works as well for a, a TV series. I know there was a TV series mm -hmm. and it was fine. I guess I liked it, but you know I really like Mortal Kombat, so I'm, I'm maybe biased in that respect. Um, but I I feel like Mortal Kombat story is has kind of got that that closed story. You know, you tell that that next chapter of the story rather than you know here's a here's a little thing that happened over here. Here's a little thing that happens over here. Um, so yeah, I really feel it it depends on the IP. Mm -hmm. um, as well, I'd, I'd also toss in the hat of like, let's not limit ourselves just to live action stuff. Like mm -hmm. the Castlevania series has been fantastic on Netflix. Yes. I've really enjoyed every season of that. So, you know, let's 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 not just just focus on live action stuff when we can do animation and that sort of thing as well. Absolutely, another one I actually really enjoyed too. Um, I'm trying to remember the uh, Dragon. Um... Dragon's Dogma had a series over on Netflix too. It didn't receive the greatest reviews, um, but I actually enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was a pretty decent take on the series. Uh, I liked the action. I thought it was I thought it was really good. I would love to see more of that. And speaking of that, I'm actually really glad that you brought up The Witcher because that's our next one we're going to be talking about here. And uh, The Witcher has to do with the fact that Henry Cavill has also been uh, sorry Henry Cavill. Uh, he's been teasing that he may be involved in a Mass Effect project coming up. So there's some news. There's a script that he held up, and when people were able to go and use tools to identify uh, the script itself, uh, zoom and enhance. Yeah, zoom enhance. Uh, they noticed that there are certain words on it. It had to do with uh, Tally from the series. It also had to do with Cerberus and the Geth. So it's obviously relating to the story surrounding there those three servers again um so it, it's it's just interesting that we have all this talk of all these games coming to film or again anime uh, adaptions and here's now another one that could potentially have and i think it actually be a really good fit because he's got that strong jawline <laughs> henry cavill as uh commander shepherd i think that would be a really really awesome thing to have now I would even go almost one further, and I would almost like to see there be like two versions, have like a male female, but that'd be that'd be hard to do. But <laughs> one <laughs> one can hope. But yeah, that, that's another one that's in development here. Is that the Mass Effect is potentially going to be one that's coming out? There's a script at least that has some stuff on it. It's not been announced yet, but what do you think, there, Wes? You know what I'd really like to see in like a Mass Effect, if if they were to do a Mass Effect TV show, mm -hmm. I, what I'd really like to see is I'd like to see it focus on Garrus, because he's he's basically a cop on the Citadel, mm -hmm. and I I want it to be like a police procedural like drama, focused on Garrus doing like police shit on the Citadel. That's what I want. I, you know, and Shepard shows up every now and says now and again and says, you know, Garrus is my favorite cop on the Citadel. But like, that's that's what I, I think I want that because they they built such a great universe with that that I think I'd like to see maybe not necessarily focus on Shepard and yeah. and kind of focus on some of those some of those I I, I don't want to not call them main characters because they were like so integral to the story throughout mm -hmm. and and a big part of my enjoyment of that series um but i think that's what i'd like to see and that also might kind of wash some of the, the taste out of the mouth for armageddon or, or not armageddon what the fuck was that andromeda it felt like armageddon to the series yeah yeah <laughs> they they killed mass effect with that yeah um, yeah Stand i think that's there. what i'd like that, that, that was a hard that's one to come back from yeah yeah and i think i think if they could just kind of like expand that universe through like some of those characters rather than like this full-on you know uh full-on you know uh off-ramp sort of thing that they that they did with andromeda like 
think that might be better. Mm -hmm. But that's just off the top of my head. Maybe I just really want a cop drama with Mass Effect people in it. It would be cool. I, yeah. I, I think, but, but you kind of touched on it there. Like that's what I love about these series is there's so much and kind of. So so for my my take on that is one of the question I asked you regarding the the movies and TV series. I honestly feel that from the majority of TV of video game franchises, and this is where I think the mistake has been is that the majority of them need to be in a, either TV series or a multi episode released format. So it doesn't even necessarily need to be like season 2, season 3, season 4, but just they're they're just too big of worlds to just wrap up in a bomb and be like here you go. Like look at the new Monster Hunter movie coming out. You know, it's just one that's like I'm buying that tomorrow. Tomorrow I buy that. Is it? Can't wait. Okay. You know, the, a buddy of mine told me he watched it. He's a big Monster Hunter. Like, I, I've known him for like, God, like almost twenty years, and yeah. he's been spouting Monster Hunter for for as almost that amount of time. And he was like, that movie was fucking terrible. Yeah, because it's one of those things. Like, you're not, you know, they're not going for the story. They're not taking, you know, what the gamers looking for. Did and when you play a video game, and this is where it's kind of for me. It's like when you play a video game, it's hours you're playing it for. It's just they're so deep and with Mass Effect I think that what they could do with Mass Effect is have those like spin-offs and have like just not even spin-offs Just have multiple series you can have Garrus and, and as a cop drama and then you could have Shepard as your like You know your, your space flight action Kind of you know, you're I think that would be like your movie Yeah, like if you were doing a Mass yeah. Effect movie, I, I feel that that's focused on Shepard Yeah, yeah Unless you do it along the lines like the family or like the family, the Lost in Space kind of deal. Mm, sure. I have like a Lost in Space, but like, you know, Mass Effect, Com Commander Shepard and the crew, gaining the crew, losing crew members. <laughs> yeah. Typical Mass Effect. Basically what those games are, yeah. 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 You meet Always somebody. The band back together. You think you're about to fuck them. They die. <laughs> oh. Darn. Thought I was getting my good relationship score up. It's all over, Kate. I think Mass Effect 2 was the that the worst because there's that oh shit moment and I still won't ruin it for anybody out there but if you out there will know the oh shit moment in Mass Effect 2 where people just start dropping like flies and then you're scrambling scrambling trying to get your save back and, and heading back to go and load up a better save like oh hold on a I second I don't know what you did but no one died in my Mass Effect 2 run oh man I lost like half ha <laughs> I lost I lost half my team the first Mass Effect 2 run oh yeah everyone <laughs> oh, yeah. survived for me yeah well, I didn't go around talking. I, I, I didn't do that for Oh, everybody. yeah, no, you had to build that stuff up. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. At first, I was like, whoa, whoa, why is everybody dying here? Like, what's yeah. going <laughs> I was so yeah. nervous going yeah. into that mission. Oh, man. So nervous. Yeah, that was that was brutal. That was brutal. But uh, we're going to move on, though, from that. Actually, you know what? There's one other one I wanted to talk about for um, another show that's going on. There we are. Uh, Borderlands movie. So, again, this is another movie, though. But uh, Avengers Infinity War actress has been cast as Tiny Tina. So the cast is really coming together on the movie. Um, the one who's going to be joining there is Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, she was in the Avengers Infinity War. She played the young Gamora uh, in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, so I believe that was the one that got tossed off the edge. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so she will be back yeah, as the older one. Yeah, the, the, yeah not the young girl. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so she'll be set to play Tiny Tina in the upcoming live-action adaption, which is pretty amazing. And the fact that, again, we're just getting more people that are on another video game movie. But, man, this cast is looking packed, including Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jack Black. Obviously, Jack Black, one of the more recent announcements, is going to be taking on the voice of Claptrap because, hell yeah, Oh, I love Claptrap. Who's so, Jamie Lee Curtis playing? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing the one doctor. Um, uh, it's simply just for a dinosaur. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing the one, uh, one raven-haired doctor that you meet inside Sanctuary. Um me a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, I, okay. I forget the doctor's name, though. Yeah, I can't remember her name either, but yeah, okay. I know. All right. 
Yeah, right. so she's playing her. Um, I, I really like this cast choices. I think it's going to be really cool. I think they did a really good job with it. And yeah, that's all the one I want to bring up for that. Uh, you guys have any thoughts, Danny? Yeah, they, they, there's some great talent in that movie. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for it myself. Mm-hmm. What about you, Wes? Any final thoughts on that? Still not excited about it, but... <gasps> it has I mean, to change. I, I will reserve final reserve until I start seeing some things, but yeah, right now, I, I, I'm still not interested. Wow, that is... Yeah. That is quite Sorry, incredible, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I like you as a game, but don't care about the story. Oh, Moving on from the movies, <laughs> we're going to be heading back to the... <laughs> Not that I was bad or anything. That was great. <laughs> Heading back to the games. Your is what gets me. Like, I know. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great smile. No, 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 no. I'm going to get him. <laughs> so moving on, we're going to head into back to Dragon Age 4 because there's more news that came out, obviously, right after Anthem was canceled and the, the, move, uh, the teams were moving over to focus on Dragon Age and mass effect the next game's coming over both of those so what did that mean well dragon age 4 will reportedly be a single player rpg with no multiplayer now this is something that i think is a big uh weird it's an i you think it's weird it's interesting no i don't oh okay so i think it's weird that they're like hey fourth game in this single player rpg series is going to be a single player rpg well, well, see, here, it, it, it's ironic to me. I find the situation completely ironic given EA and them coming out on stage and telling investors that single-player games, they just don't sell anymore, guys. You know, everybody wants the multiplayer games, so everything's going to have multiplayer. We're going to put every game, every game's going to have a multiplayer component. You can always get on there, play some multiplayer games with your friends, because that's what people want. I really, really wanted to play multiplayer Mass Effect Andromeda. It was so much what I want to do. I didn't want to play the story. That's not what I wanted to buy Mass Effect for. So, Dragon Age 4 is going to be following on the good side of that and ditching any multiplayer component. And this is basically off of the massive success that EA had with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, as well as the troubles with Anthem. So you've got a single-player game that did phenomenal, and you've got this multiplayer game that did really shit. So it's like, hold on. We gotta go back to the drawing board here because I think we've done gun goofed up. And that's exactly what EA has done. Um, because there's another one, uh, I'm not, we're not gonna talk too much on this one, but they're actually giving their studios back the ability to kind of make their games without EA putting their input on it. Uh, you look over at Respawn and Respawn, right? Respawn, Respawn Entertainment was talking about that because they've be, they've pretty much have the get go as to whether or not like they're not even being told to make another Titanfall three. The fate of Titanfall and any other title over at Respawn is completely up to Respawn, and they're doing this for their other studios too. And I think this is a big backlash to what EA has received over the last couple of years as being this studio that just comes or this publisher that comes along to all their studios just injects themselves into it basically being like multiplayer 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 <laughs> and then it's just like okay but it's not working like it's just it's not working so i'm excited for that obviously wes like you said there you're it's uh it's like oh that's it's not shocking <laughs> so nice of you guys to to make it a single player rpg thank you thank you for uh yeah i i mean this is this has been like ea has been touting this for for a number of years now that like no one buys single player games anymore it's all multiplayer stuff and multiplayer is it's the you know that's the future of games and if it's not a competitive multiplayer then it's a live services you know that's the, yep. the, the, the that's what everybody wants and you know they've they've constantly done that at ea where you yep. know the, the i i feel like the ea that i want back is the ea of like oh seven oh eight when they put out like Dead Space and Mirror's Edge and and really started to kind of explore some more things. What was that? Burnout Paradise was in mm -hmm. there. Like really kind of let developers run wild with their ideas and and just kind of make sure that they've got the backing to to do it, you know? Yeah. Um that and you know, granted like but granted like not all of those things worked out. Mirror's Edge two was not did not set the world on fire despite you know, 
the the constant cries from fans to to make a, a sequel. The first one didn't sell particularly well. Um, and Catalyst didn't do great either when it came out. Which one's are? Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Yeah, Catalyst. Yeah, Mirror's Edge two did, did you know did didn't yeah. do well. Yeah. Um, it, Dead Space one and two I feel probably did pretty well, and then the third one had multiplayer, and it sucks. Yeah. So. Even though actually the third one's multiplayer has some cool ideas, you know, you added multiplayer to a survival horror game. Like yeah. you, you immediately removed all the horror of it. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just want that EA back, the one that was willing to experiment, the one, the one that was willing to sort of take some risks on some things. Um, you know, they make a shit ton of money from FIFA and and Madden and and that, and I, you know. It, 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 I, I understand these things are risky. I understand, you, you know, you kind of get averse to that sort of thing, but, you know, the, the, the people playing your games also get bored, you know. Absolutely. And Bloomberg reports that people close to the development of Dragon Age 4, which began back in 2015, if you can believe that. It's, it's been in development since 2015. Well, actually, yeah, we can't believe that. Look at Cyberpunk. And two <laughs> years later, in the fall of 2017, they rebooted development. To include long-term monetization. Well, there's your there's your FIFA Ultimate Team. There's your hockey Ultimate Team. Like, how can we get more money than it's we really already got? Service. You know, how, how can we get more, right? So that reboot and apparently the push for the monetization was what led to the departure of Mike Laidlaw from Bioware back then. Uh, Dragon Age Four was then referred to as Anthem with Dragons by the developers working on the game. So it, it, and that was it. It's just it's that copy-paste formula. It's make a multiplayer game, dance around the single-player experience, but you're really dumping everything into the online. And it was even said that by Bloomberg that they were supposed to have a heavy multiplayer component too. So, like, this game was, like, it was, that's what this Dragon Age 4 was going to be. And now they're like, no, 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 let's, let's really focus on the single-player. Yeah, yeah, please, seriously, just, just for us. Danny, what are you, any yeah, final thoughts? Oh, sorry, Wes. Yeah. No, no, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Wes, if you want to finish up, you can. No, no, yeah, go ahead. Good. I was just going to say, it's like, for, for me personally, I I hardly have any multiplayer games. All my games are very much uh, first-person story-driven games. Like, I, I like playing solo. Uh, sometimes, you know, you just, you just want to play solo. Uh, and you, like Wes was saying, EA just doesn't doesn't understand that, you know, they have to branch off and and do what they did before and experiment. Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're getting these same types of games, and I know, you know, all the sports games make the money because there's no competition for them anymore like they used to be with other companies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they need to get away from that. Not everybody loves to play multiplayer games. There are still a few of us who really enjoy our single-player games and love you know, story and love the cinematics of, of the game, whatever. Um, EA is basically the only company I think I only own one game from, and that's just a FIFA game, because I like FIFA. That's pretty much it. But mm -hmm. I only buy one game per console. Yep. EA's, EA is a company I don't find I buy a lot of games of. Ubisoft, it's kind of funny, Danny, you mentioned too, it's like, you know, you, you were going back to your collection, it's like, yeah, I actually, I actually own a fair amount of Ubisoft titles, and you'd be yeah, surprised. It really shocked me. Yeah, Ubisoft, I like Ubisoft. There's a lot of reasons why I like Ubisoft. There's a lot of things that Ubisoft could obviously do better, but for me, one of the best things I love about Ubisoft is their their push for open world games. That's that's one of the big things, but we got to move on here. We got a couple more things I want to cover. I'm going to read a few things off here just really quickly as they're not too deep of things I really want to dive on with you gents. Um, there's a lot of Pokemon news last week as well as Animal Crossing news. Uh, we have a video up on our YouTube. You can go head over our uh, one of our uh, co-hosts or co-members here, Alicia. She took a look at the Animal Crossing New Horizons trailer that welcomes the Sanrio collaboration. So there's villagers and items and more coming later in March. Uh, so you can go check that out. Really cool if you're into Animal Crossing and you love all that kind of stuff. You'll be able to buy the U.S. and the Target. Pfft. U.S. and the Target. Target in the U.S. <laughs> and it'll be coming to Canada at, at some point, as it always does. Um, uh, there's a lot of news announced at the uh, Sony State of Play. Uh, a lot of goodies that have been uh, announced there. Um, 
I'm not going to dive too heavily into that, but there is going to be an integration of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final, sorry, Final Fantasy Integrate has been announced and revealed for the PS5, and that's arriving on June 10th, 2021. There's a bunch of other small titles and and some decent ones that were also shown off there. Returnal was also shown off, given a uh, gameplay trailer. Um, Crash, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, is coming to the PS5 and more. So go and check out that, folks. You can go and uh, find the full details on all those games that were announced there. As well, Pokemon also had their Direct last Friday. And it showed off a decent amount of titles. There's Pokemon Snap, some new highlights on that, showing that we're going to be able to take photos, edit the photos, and online component, upload them to the community for votes. If your votes get, if your photos get voted, well, you receive a lot of votes, and it's great. You'll feel great, and you go take more photos. Um, wait. Do you mind if I just jump in quickly for a sec, Jake? Absolutely, buddy. Okay, so going back to, uh, I know there's a lot of you guys online here who are huge fans of Animal Crossing, uh, and the scenario pack that you are talking about that's only a target uh, thing, uh, I came across it the other day while I was searching on Best Buy. Here in Canada, it's going to be a set of Amiibo cards. There are six yep. Amiibo cards, and it's, uh, you can, well, now it's sold out of BestBuy.ca, but uh, it does release March 26th of this year. Yep. So if you guys are really interested in that, keep your eyes open for March 26th, same day as uh, as uh, Monster Hunter Rise. But you're going to have the Amiibo card, so that will give you everything you want in the game. It's the complete set, 7 bucks for it, so it's not too bad. And then you heard it. Yeah, I, I was saying to Elisa that I knew it was going to be coming to Canada somewhere, and there it is. So you'll be able to pick it up at Best Buy. I imagine EB will probably have it too. It's, uh, or it, might, yeah. it may be a Best Buy exclusive. Just go, go take a look no, up there, folks. It should be everywhere. Toys R Us, I'm sure, yeah. will be carrying it as well. Yeah, yeah, it should be fairly, fairly easy to be found. Uh, so the Pokemon, uh, the, the other Pokemon games that were announced, there's a Diamond and Pearl remake coming. We have Brilliant Diamond, and we also have Shining Pearl. They have Chibi style animations and uh, art to it. I'm not completely sold. I know that a lot of people are excited for it. It reminds me a lot of Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Uh, obviously just go check it out if you've played diamond and pearl we're gonna be getting remakes of those later this year and this one i will share with you gents though because i really want to get your guys quick thought on this before we go on to the other one here um open world pokemon spinoff game the pokemon legends arceus is announced for 2022 and it has a little bit of a different spin danny i know you were really excited for this you've mentioned to me numerous times that you are not excited about the current Pokemon format that go pick your starter, rise up, travel down the lanes, go to the gyms, collect your badges, that standard formula. But this one looks different to you. Can you explain why you're excited? Yeah, so I, I posted on social media that this is gonna, that game is going to get me out of my Pokemon retirement. Um, yeah, I, I've gotten tired of the same uh, games like you were saying, Jake. It's just it's so repetitive. I, I think I've had enough of it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this Pokemon Direct happened, and we got news of this new uh, game. This it is setting place uh, before Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I'm talking about years before. We're we're going way back. Uh, the Pokemon are, are out on the open, kind of like with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, just it's not the same Pokemon style fights. Uh, basically, you can capture a Pokemon from you know 20, 15 feet away uh, just by throwing your Pokeball, which the the Pokeballs are actually really cool uh, since it's in that time period. Uh, but um, it, it looks very different. It looks raw. It looks great. Uh, it's it's kind of moved away from the basics Pokemon game. Something that I wanted. We haven't had something like that since the GameCube era when Pokemon Coliseum uh, and um, I can't remember what the other one is. Uh, there was two for the GameCube. But uh, I, I need needed that refresh of a Pokemon game, and that is definitely what I'm very excited for. Like I said, bring me out of Pokemon Retirement. That's the game I want to play. Is it Pokemon Stadium? Stadium and Coliseum? Stadium no, 164. Yeah, Stadium oh, 1 and Stadium okay. 2. Yeah, yeah. That, that name just jumped out to me, and I could not place it. Yeah, it's it has a dark Lugia on it, and it's uh, oh, I have it over there. Oh, I just I can't know. remember exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Coliseum. You nailed it there. Awesome. Coliseum is the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. one. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it's I can't remember what it is now. Oh, but something of darkness. That's it. Shadows of darkness. Oh. Not shadows, but it's something darkness. I know. I know it has darkness in the name. Yeah. Right. So, what about you, Wes? On that, have you been able to see the Pokemon Legends Arceus trailer? I saw little gifs of it on Twitter while that whole thing was happening. Um, that was it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, this had been rumored for a while, though, right? Like, I, I want to say, like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, they finally did that thing that everyone seems to want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably still not going to play any of that. I, I will say that it definitely adds a new dynamic. And, and one thing I commented on our Let's Play Pokemon that we do Saturdays here on the, on the Nerdy Ignorers Twitch is that to me, it almost makes sense for them to line up. And maybe you can, so you can see this as a developer too, but this game to me is a maybe you know dip of a tone of water. Yes, everybody says that they want this open world Pokemon game, but we all know what people say about what they want. And then when they finally get what they want and realize it's not what they wanted, then they... Are mad that it's not what they wanted so i can understand everyone wanting an open world pokemon game but i actually think that this might be a, a, to- a dip in the tone of the water for a much more massive pokemon game and if you look back at the gamecube era there is actually some archives pulled up from there they were planning to try and figure out some massive pokemon game where you could you know connect online and play with other people back then so I- i'd love to see something along the lines of that where and you know how you could do it further is dlc but you can go to all the different regions go explore catch pokemon trade pokemon massive world just like that Arceus, where it's you know you're you're in the you're in the grass with the pokeball you can catch them that way you can go and battle i'd love to see that personally that'd be that'd be something i would love to see but i i do have a question yes you mentioned pokemon pokemon snap and you can upload your photos and you get votes is that it? Yep. Pretty much for that game. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, that's why I was kind of serious with the smile there. It's pretty yeah, much like for when, Pokemon. When you said it, I was like, well, wait. Is there, is there nothing else? Do you get do you get anything? Do they feature you in some way? Like, are you like, oh, yeah, you put you, your picture in like a loading screen if you're like the most voted game the previous? The it previous wasn't mentioning anything about like a loading screen. It did mention a featuring. So I imagine it would be featured in like the area of like, hey, here's all the cool photos. Here's the ones that have done sure. really well. Um, okay. okay. So I mean, it's it's definitely something for that. I don't know if I would necessarily be hooked on that kind of an aspect of submitting photos, and I don't know. But I definitely do that. I had fun doing that in the original. Mm-hmm. The one the one comment Jody made about the the Pokemon Snap is that she didn't she was not a fan of like the colorful stars. Obviously, again, we're we're thirty year old adults, so there's there's certain things we're gonna be like, <laughs> hey, it's a Pokemon game, and I don't really like those stars. But <laughs> Pokemon's not designed for Jody and I all the time. Uh, but no, those, fo- those photo modes do really well in in no, they do. some of the the current games. So mm-hmm. I ca- I could see you doing it right, like oh, yeah. getting something really cool out of that. Um, even just stuff that's just like that, especially if you could if you could upload it straight to like Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter and that kind of thing, and and really kind of get that sort of thing going would be really cool. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there, there's no reason that they, they couldn't, um, that I know of anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that could be really cool to see if, if they were to go that route, but Nintendo is not often that, like, they're not really focused in that direction, I find. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's one thing left I want to talk to you guys about, and Wes. I imagine you have heard about this story as well, uh, being a, a developer. The Sinking City has had some issues, and the developer Frogware is now straight up accusing the publisher Nacon of privacy. Or, sorry, pir- piracy, not privacy, piracy. <laughs> uh, so what has happened is, between the two, uh, Frogware is obviously being the developer of the game, and Nacon being the publisher, they had disagreements, uh, Frogwares was saying that Nacon was not paying them back properly um, and you know, being within breach of contract holding millions of dollars back falsely implying ownership of the IP and more so here we sit with 
having that uh, been brewing over the last couple weeks, months, to now where a new copy of The Sinking City was published over on Steam. There's another version that's still available up on Xbox, from when I was reading there, um, that is uploaded by Frogwares. But the one that was uploaded on Steam was uploaded by the publisher Nacon. And people that have glanced between the two versions noticed that the Frogwares version has all the DLC. Whereas this version seems to be a skinny down, no DLC, just the base game. I'm I'm very curious, Wes, for, for you on this as to where this sits, and who is who is in the right here. Uh, you know, Nacon's obviously saying that hey, you know, Frogwares is just trying to make us look bad. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what they're accusing them of. Like they're not even saying they're doing anything other than trying to make us look bad. There, you know, they're they're trying to just negate on, on deals that they've made. Um, but it was even to the point that on the Steam page, there were two separate posts made. Uh, one announcing the release of this game and the other one being from Frogwares, who apparently still had access to the Steam account for the game, saying not to buy this game because it's not our copy. And they just quite literally straight up posted, especially on their Twitter too, Frogwares has not created the version of the Singing City that is today on sale on Steam. We do not recommend the purchase of this version. More news soon. And so hit me, Wes. I mean, that's that's a tricky one. Uh, it, so in terms of what their agreement might be with the publisher, Obviously, I'm not privy to that, so I have no idea, you know, who has the rights to upload whatever build of the game to whatever service. Yeah. Um. I I've I've never done a Steam release. Uh, myself at least, I've never been on a project that has done a Steam release. Mm -hmm. Um, my company has for full transparency. Um, but I was not involved in that project. Uh, beyond you know just talking with some of the programmers over design stuff and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I would assume that there's probably some stuff that needs to be done on the build side to build against uh, things for Steam to at least get those hooks available to, you know, to be able to, to put up friends list hooks and things like that. Um, so there, there's, there's likely some stuff that needs to be done. You can't just take like, hey, I built this version of the game for... Gog, and now I'm just gonna drop this executable into the into a Dropbox, and Valve will take it from there. It's it's not it's it's likely not that sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's likely that someone would probably have to have gone in and made a build with that in mind, um, which could explain why there's no DLC in it. It could just be like an old build that they, you know, they were planning on making a Steam release. This stuff was in there they they built it for that as sort of like hey we're making this thing and then someone grabbed that further down the line and put it up oh so basically yeah so, so. It, they are accusing the the license uh, the former licensee of the sinking city and currently listed steam publisher they are on of pirating a version of the game from another licensee making changes to it and then listing it for sale on steam without the developer's permission so that one gets even murkier um, because now, yeah, I mean, how they were gaining access to that, that build of the game, um, whether it be they have access to their servers for source code or what have you. They apparently bought, which, if I can, I can catch you in here, so yeah, real no, quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. They apparently bought the game on Games Planet, hacked into it to remove certain identifiers like Games Planet's logos and added oh, the Nacon logo. On certain splash screens, and then republished the altered version to Steam. They I mean, also yeah, note you could do something like that, I suppose. That the version on Steam is the deluxe version of the game with extra content added. That Nacon never had the license to distribute in the first place. Hmm. I mean, that sounds pretty damnable to me. <laughs> like it sounds like they've done their homework. They even specifically. Um, Sorry, just one more time. Sorry. Just to just to identify, like, hey, this is where they got it. Yeah, you know, um, to be able to identify that version of the game. 
yeah, they specifically call out Neopica. It's a Belgian studio that uh, Nacon acquired last year, also behind the Euro Truck Racing Championship and the Hunting Simulator titles, as having a hand in altering the Sinking City. Um, wow, they, that's that's an, uh, that's another twist on top of it. Just be like, hey, it was these guys, <laughs> or at least you know that they had a hand in it. That's yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this is all gonna sort of filter out because it's a big case it's looking pretty big yeah yeah um and i mean i know the sinking city was not like it, it, it crazy or anything like seemed, that yeah, yeah it seemed like it was fine it seemed like it had some issues um specifically with some of the uh the lovecraft uh representation like the lovecraft didn't have some particularly good views about uh mixed racial uh marriage mm-hmm. and you know procreation so um yeah they they kind of touched on a little bit of that stuff which seemed like an odd choice so that mm-hmm. i mean that that game had some had some weirdness to it that maybe that they, they didn't need to do but um yeah yeah it's it's i thought that game was already on steam that that was the thing that kind of surprised me about this whole thing. I was like, isn't this game already on Steam? Isn't it was. It then it came off with this whole fiasco. And then now this is... And then it popped back up? Yeah, and then so it popped oh. back up. So they're already over in French courts battling over all these other issues. So now sure. Frogwares is like, yeah, we're also adding piracy on. And now we're adding all this yeah. other stuff on. Oh. It's... Any closing thoughts here, Danny? It's the blame game, guys. You know, is, yeah. that's that's Everyone's pretty much what it is. Each of them want to get the win, so they're gonna they're gonna be fighting for a while. He said it. He said it. I mean, if it, if it is straight up that that build, they can probably identify it. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's probably some stuff in there that would make it identifiable to uh, identifiable to a specific build slash version of that game. I, I imagine I mean, you're the developer. You probably can attest that's how it's done i imagine that's how it would be too with uh, my non-developer brain but (laughs) (laughs) But yeah you know something like a line of code that's like this is the date that you know this is the date for this file like uh, yeah like i i can tell you in the the project that i'm in i can tell you where line of code came from in that game i have tools that will tell me exactly when it was put in wow time that's incredible it in what comment they applied to that commit like i i I can find out all that information yeah so for them to look at that source of the game and be like hey okay so where'd you and 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 those are just basic developer tools this is just basic version control i really want to see how this boils down it's it's going to be a big one Mm -hmm. but that is it for us tonight folks on player to player hope you all have enjoyed hearing our thoughts on the weekly gaming news there was a lot we had ea a couple times we had obviously there being a lot of video game movies and tv adaptions coming out and we also had some big fiascos we had anthem being canceled then we had the sinking city and the well, what we just got on talking about here so a lot of good stuff as always gents it's great talking to you too this hour flies by it's it's never <laughs> it's just it's just gone it's good gone. times buddy Right. The good times always fly by. They yeah, do. Exactly. They do. So, uh, you can join us next Monday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over here on the Twitch, uh, over on Nerdy Northerners Twitch. You can also catch all of our previous episodes in two ways. You can catch us over on YouTube where we have the basic live version, just copy paste it over there with a little bit of editing. And then we also have our podcast where you can go and find it on your favorite podcast source. And you can take us on the road with you which we're mostly voice anyways, which is good for when we have a little bit of stuttering like we've had tonight. And that, uh, yeah, the, the video is not the most important thing because it's just our faces. And I mean, yeah, you don't want to see them, but it's okay if they're paused for a few seconds. It's the voice that matters. But that's it for tonight, folks. We're signing off and we'll see you next week. <laughs>